The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 256 of On the Corner of the Official Pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the Oscar loving Nick Pollock himself. Nick, what's up? What is happening? Are you suggesting that I watch the Oscars? How many of the of the Oscar-nominated films did you watch? I don't even know what the Oscar-nominated films were. Can you name one Oscar-nominated movie? Nomad Land. Very good. Because it won. Very good. I, I was told that it won. Never heard of it. Very interesting. Did it deserve to win? What was what were you absolutely? Pulling? It did. Interesting. Okay, uh, you, you aren't pulling for anything else. I have no idea. Fast. Okay, great. I was pulling for Judas. And did the Black you actually Messiah. watch this? I watched every single film. Wow. I always watch the Oscars. Wow. I mean, so you're just forget. projecting the whole Oscar loving thing because you want to talk about the Oscars, which I'm all for. Just looking you for a know friend. Things. Just looking for a friend. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> So we keep going, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 there. I think Collective should have won Best Documentary. I haven't seen another round. I really would have liked Collective to win Best Foreign Film. I thought it was one of the most impactful films I've seen in quite some time. Oh, wow, love the fact that Daniel Kaluuya won. I think he's fantastic. Wish Judas and the Black Messiah would have won. Nomadland, I think, was very good. Best Director was good. Uh, I think maybe it should have won Best Cinematography. Although I can understand why Mank won because you're paying homage to Citizen Kane. Of course, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. I think. Listen, oh, yeah. I think he's a genius, man. I understand. Like, I so I I, I know that's a hot button topic. Chadwick Boseman. Obviously, mm, like course, just a yeah. legend, right. but it, you know Anthony Hopkins. I thought he was really yeah. fantastic in The Father. You know, I think should have won yesterday. Who? Dustin May. Very good. Nice transition. We're going to be talking a lot about Dustin May today, especially because by uh, next week it's going to be May. Oh, um, oh man, I was I was ready for it, and I was like, I had to inhale. Yeah. for a moment, I wasn't there. Yeah, it's okay. I'm sorry, it's all right. I'm sorry. I threw you for a, a fruit loops here with mm. the uh, with the Oscar talk, but we've got so much to talk about today, and and it's going to be a big episode today. I mean, before we get into it though, you got to join PL Plus. It really is the best. There's so much stuff going on there. We've got a channel. If you wanted to talk Oscars with me right now, you could come to the Off Topic channels and talk Oscars. There's a great video game coming out next week called Returnal. We've got a video games chat. Oh yeah, we also have plenty of channels for baseball, yeah. which is what we talk about all the time. Uh, you should also be checking out the First Pitch podcast every morning nick you're a streaming machine when can people catch you <laughs> streaming yeah 8 30 a.m to about 10 to 10 30 or so. maybe i'll even say that 8 30 to 10 30 a.m monday through friday i do the first pitch podcast live yeah. i also do my streaming ranks and i also review uh whatever games you guys want to do at the end of them too so like for example we watched arius and corbin and paddock and stuff like that 
uh, after like using MLB Film Room, which mm. is really cool. Mm. And uh, I also live streamed the list today from noon until about like four. This is a long one today. Yes, this is a long yeah, one. Yeah, it's. Good. I feel like it's always going to be a long one now. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, we are going to go point. a little bit long. Yeah, uh, we might go a little bit long. I haven't been doing that like at all. No, that's fine. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're evolving. We, we are evolving. There we go. I like that. Speaking of evolving, this is going to be the last episode of of, of uh, on the corner that is this format. We're going to debut yes. technically a new sort of format. Nothing's going to change drastically. We're still going to talk about pitchers. There's no, we're not all of a sudden going to talk about this or all of a sudden talk about that. Just the way we talk about pitchers and the format which we do so is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, we're not going to laugh at all. Yeah, no more laughing because no. people hate it when we do that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PitcherList and AlexFast8. You can follow us on Instagram at PitcherList and AlexFastPL or on TikTok. Still got to get Nick on TikTok. Yeah, I'll get there. We're going to get there soon. I mean, I'll have later. things like the Jameson Tyone breakdown I had yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yes. Very nice. See, I think that's a perfect format yeah, for it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think it's great. Also, I don't even think you know this. I'm releasing an article about Kevin Gaussman this week. Are you? Yeah. An Oriole. Uh, well, can, you know, so Scott Chu actually said in the Going Deep channel, he was like, who's next? Because my best, my best <laughs> right? articles are Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gaussman <laughs> when it comes to pitcher breakdowns. Alex Cobb, you know. Yeah, I could do, Al- yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, do you want to? Uh, well, I'm, I, let me get this splitter out of the way first before yeah, let me right. go to the effective I, splitter. I, I do feel like Kevin Gaussman saw Cobb throw over 50% splitters mm. and was like, Psh. I could do that. Dude, so the impetus for this article was like, I was very exhausted on Sunday. I think it was Sunday morning when, I I think he pitched Saturday night. I don't remember if he pitched Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. And waking up, and it was like a jolt of coffee. Like, did you see his, you saw his breakdown from Saturday night? His breakdown? Or like what his pitch. Oh, yeah, it was like 56% splitters. He didn't throw a third pitch. Yeah. 11 Ks on two pitches. Yeah. That is unreal. We're seeing some guys do that, though. Like, Oscar Enoa, two pitches. Yes. Right? You have Freddie Peralta, essentially, two pitches. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, a Dennis lot of- Lamette essentially made a living with two pitches last Exactly. Year. But the caveat to all those is the essentially that came before it. Right? This guy, essentially, two pitches. This guy, essentially, two pitches. Kevin Gaussman is in rare ground right now in which he's throwing his fastball 50% of the time and his other pitches about 40% right, of the time. Right, right. And this past start didn't throw any of them at all. Yeah. So, like, that to me, and then went eight innings. This isn't like a, oh, second time through the order kind of thing. So, I, I uncovered, I mean, I uncovered some fun stuff that Can't wait, led me to. Oh, I have one question for you before we move on. Just one. Just one, and that's it. We're okay. just, it's going to be a six-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. Yep. Yeah. Hey, have a good one. Um, uh, what's the best way to put it? So, uh, for those listening, run value is very much like P-Val, mm. right? Except with P-Val, positive is better across the board. Negative is better for pitchers when it comes to run value, which seems a little counterintuitive, but it makes sense because theoretically pitchers want to be taking runs off the board as right, opposed yes. to putting runs on the board, right? So run value also breaks down into four zones. Heart, shadow, which is the edges. Chase, which is where you would chase. And then waste, which is like outside. It doesn't matter. Which pitches? So then there's like an overall, like an all run value, which takes heart, shadow, chase, and waste. It adds them all together, and then you get okay, an overall Okay, so I, I want to make sure I understand this fully. What you're sure. saying, essentially, based on where the pitches are located, mm-hmm. you're giving a run value to it. 100%. So- okay. Every every single pitch has a run value, right? Right. Uh, so a ball, let's say, is is positive one, and a strike is negative one, and a home run is positive two, and a strikeout is negative one point five, whatever. Sure. And then it, you can break it down by zone as well. So a, a strike in the heart of the zone is still going to be the same amount, but then you break it down and say, okay, who's got the best run value in the heart of the plate? Who's got the best run value I see. in the okay, shadow? Yes. Who's got the best run value? Okay. Wait, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what I would like to hear from you, and this is a genuine question that I was kind of shook by today. Sure. 
So we have the all, which is all of them combined, right? Mm -hmm. Which value is most associated with overall success? Which zone, I should say? Is pitches over the heart of the plate most associated with overall success? Or are pitches in the shadow most associated with overall success? Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you're you're, you're, essentially saying like when you throw in the heart of the plate, is that going to be better pitches or than the ones in shadow is what you're saying? I don't know if that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm trying to be clear, and that's my fault because I'm I'm having to... No, I'm sure this is me. No, no, no. (laughs) So, oh... Like, let's say a guy has a num- uh, a negative 15 uh, overall run value, which yeah. would be very good. Is that because he genuinely has more success in the heart or more success in the shadows? I'm going to say that he's going to have more success in the heart, but mm-hmm. it's a higher volume of it. See, yes. So that's a great Perfect caveat to the question. Overall, you're right. If you're looking at pure raw numbers, heart of the plate is where you want to see guys have a lot of success, which is interesting. But you're also kind of cheating, right? Because you can get called strikes in the heart of the plate. Right. You can theoretically get them in the shadow. It's harder. It's harder. And... You can also get a ball. It's a, it's veritably impossible to get a ball inside of the heart of the plate. Like Tom Tango designed it so that you cannot have a ball right, yeah, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, some error here and there, but 99%. Cross up, stuff like that. Exactly. So, But if you go on a pitch-by-pitch pitch rec- value, like if, if you decided, if you divided heart divided by how many heart pitches were thrown, sure, yeah. okay, then would it be heart or would it be shadow? I mean, you would think it would be shadow. Exactly. Then it would be shadow, but then here's the caveat about that. Where are most two-strike pitches thrown? Uh, Not in the heart. Not in the heart. Exactly, right? So automatically, the shadow is going to be have that kind of bonus because the upside you can get there, like the value that you can get for a strikeout is going to be much higher. It's going to be a better run value. Mm -hmm. So automatically, pitches in the shadow zone are going to theoretically do better because of where they are and the count they're being utilized. So because of the context of it. Because of the context of it, right? So really, it's kind of both ways. So it has this weird symbiotic relationship where you want to have success over the heart of the plate, but you also want to have success in the shadow. But I think the big takeaway that I got from this is like, we see a lot of pitchers, and I'm not going to accuse you of this. I accuse myself of this. You look at a strike zone plot, you see pitches over the heart of the plate. If you looked at Andrew Heaney, Without any context, you'd be like, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy's terrible. Depends on the day. Sometimes he actually sticks in the upper third and not only in the heart. He's yeah. a majority I in I the heart of the plate. Yeah, yeah. So, and what's kind of fun about it is like the redefining of that. Like looking mm. at the heart of the plate and being like, okay, who are the guys that is having success over the heart of the plate? I'll spoil a little bit of the article. Who do you think is having most success over the heart of the plate? Alex Cobb. <laughs> no, it's, not, <laughs> it's not Alex Cobb. It is indeed Kevin, Kevin Gaussman. Yeah. Back to, he'd had two three-pitch strikeouts over the heart of the plate Mm. against Seattle. Three straight fastballs to Tom Murphy, all over the heart of the plate. Right. Three straight splitters all over the heart of the plate to Taylor Trammell. Like, back to back to back. And that blew my mind. So, all right. Um, My my takeaway with this is there are certain guys that are able to get away with it. And that's that's the sign of success. If they're able to do that... And less of like, hey, they're nibbling the shallow zone. But like, well, no, are they having success in the heart mm-hmm. of the plate? Then that might be a better indication of the overall uh, future performance, maybe. 100%. Right? I, I mean, I've seen a lot of strike zone plots from mediocre pitchers that all of a sudden they have a good night when they have so many pitches on in the heart of the plate. And I go, no, 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 no. That is not going to last, right? Uh, it, it's an interesting discussion. It's It's like... Uh, we're asking about results and also process at the same time. In some ways, they they all they match up in the right way, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and it's uh, 
It's interesting. I like where you're going with this. Well, what I find to be true is 100% you're right. Like, there are no, like, even the fundamentals are going to differ pitcher by pitcher, right? Mm -hmm. And what one man's going to be able to do with success in the heart of the plate, another man's going to completely fail with, right? Sure. But on the other end of the spectrum, on that positive end, like Walker Bueller, success over the heart of the plate. That's what makes him, that fastball so good, uh, is because that curveball is so fantastic. Robbie Ray just had success finally throwing in the heart of the plate instead, so, of, instead of avoiding it completely. Exactly. He still gave up two home runs, but that's good to be Robbie I'll Ray. I'll take that from Robbie Ray if it's nine strikeouts and zero walks. 100%. Exactly. And that's, that's a great point, right? All, that, it's almost as if the what gives you success over the heart of of the plate is how elite that secondary is. Sure, right? yeah. You know what I mean? So Kevin Gaussman, I think we can call that splitter elite. That's an elite splitter. It's the best splitter in baseball. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. It's the second best right now in swinging strike rate behind Alex Cobb, but overall I think you can make the <laughs> argument that it is the best splitter in baseball. That is funny. It's, well, I, I say more so for Gaussman's consistency over the years. Yes, exactly. I, you really are, I, I would say it's unarguably, or I would say it's arguably, excuse me, the best Unarguably not, though? Or uh... <laughs> That's funny. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that's what, what it kind of comes down to. Bueller, you know, is another good example of that. You know who's, but you know who's really weird though. Who's second in heart run value, best heart run value? Who would have the most second most success over the heart of the plate? Think uh, of someone you would. <laughs> hey, think of someone you would never think of. <laughs> is it just in general or like with a splitter? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, in general. So not with a splitter. This is a guy who had fantastic success in the past, uh, in the waning years of his uh, of his career. Uh, very good cutter. Uh, lately. Uh, Only this year. No, no, no. Good cutter in his career. No, no, no. I'm saying like lately. This is like this year's run value. Uh, this year's run value. Correct. As of right now, second over the heart of the plate. Uh, I want to say it's like they're like you say cutter. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, is it Wainwright? Is that Wainwright? Is it like Chris, uh, Flexen or Waka? Or I'll something give like you that? one more guess. Who would it just haunt my nightmares that, of course, this is the person? Arietta. It is. Um, well, Arietta is doing it. My understanding is sinkers, but I guess they're also getting classified as... Um, oh, no, no. The slider is getting classified as the cutter. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been known as a slutter, so... Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. just thinking about the Orioles not letting him throw a cutter. What? Get out of here. I know. Believe it or not. Uh, don't you think of that every single night as you wear your Orioles shirt? <laughs> yeah. My Nick Marcakis jersey. <laughs> I wake up in a cold sweat, shoot out of my bed. Jigger and his cutter. Um, all right. That was, a, that was a very long tangent. I hope everyone still reads the article because there's still more to come about Kevin oh, Gassman in the heart of the plate. But now we're, we're going to go ahead and move on to the list. And we're going to start with a section that uh, I wanted to hit on today, which I guess I'm calling the worry meter. I was going to be like... <laughs> God, monster. Uh, I wanted to, like, I was thinking, should it be like, all right, Nick, who are you going to cut, trade, hold, or sell? But oh, I'm not man. Gonna, I don't, is this, it sounds like um, uh, Nick Kroll's character from Parks and Rec, the way you just said that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I, I do a very good impression of his character from Big Mouth. Do you? No, nah, yeah, but I'm not going to do it. Um, You're so, just going to do that to all of us right now. Yeah, because I, 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 I like, fast. I, I'll, do, I'll do it if you, cu- if you cut out the parts where I mess it up at the beginning. So it takes me a second to get into sure, it. Sure, 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 yeah. No, nah, I'm not going to do okay. it. <laughs> uh, all right, Ken Maeda, he falls 11 to 28th. I mean, what, what are you doing? And you, you can't. You're not cutting Kenta Maeda. You're not selling Kenta Maeda. But what do you see on the horizon for Kenta Maeda? Well, I see on the horizon for Kenta Maeda him doing well against poor teams. Uh, he's got a really nice schedule going ahead, and all of Minnesota does. And Maeda, look, I get this. He's not very good right now. This is a case with a lot of guys. I actually made a whole tier about four disappointing starters. Sonny Gray's in there, uh, and so is uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, and there is a fourth that, for some reason, I'm forgetting right now, but it's in there. I mm. uh, uh, Zach Plesac, of course. Yeah. They all are better than this. 
And it's a situation where, sure, I get it. You're more excited about other guys at the moment. But let's just not be silly here. This is the end of April. We're not even at the end of April yet. We haven't even gotten to May. These guys will get better over time. Maeda hasn't found his changeup quite yet. Mm. It's forcing him to throw too many fastballs. And Maeda has success when he's able to nibble with fastballs and then get good strikes with sliders and then out of the zone with changeups and sliders. Yeah. We haven't quite seen that yet. I think he can get there. But yeah, I recognize that some people probably want to push Maeda to like the 30s or so. Like late 30s have Trevor Rogers and John Means and your boy Gaussman ahead. And I, I don't think I'm ready to do that yet. I think yeah. uh, we're going to see, you know, we have five plus months ahead. Yeah. You should see a better Maeda. It's a little shiny new toy syndrome, I think. A little bit. And yeah. I understand it completely. I mean, yep. uh, both of us do. We're, we're incredibly passionate about pitchers and having success and stuff. It's hard not to. But, uh, yeah, you got to gotta be a little more patient. Just to echo your sentiments about the command, he has a 53% zone rate right now, which is a career high for Kenta Maeda, which yeah. is kind of ironic. He's putting more pitches in the zone than ever. The slider is more in the zone than it's ever been in his not entire career. It's, it's not. because he's not getting the O swing right now because he doesn't have that changeup that he used to have. Exactly. That was actually kind of funny. So I tweeted last a couple of days ago, top um, swinging strike in zone leaders. And Kenta Maeda was there. People were like, why is Kenta Maeda there? It's because that's all he's doing. He's right. putting pitches in the zone. He's also got a 491 Woba on pitches in the zone, which is absolutely insane. It's well, brutal. So think of it like Tanaka, where Tanaka was like, hey, I'm avoiding the zone a ton. I'm going to get you chasing out my splitter and my slider. Mm. I mean, it's the same old thing with, uh, with Maeda here. It's just when he, you know, when Tanaka didn't have his splitter, it wasn't very good. That's kind of like what it is right now with Maeda. I would actually rather be in Maeda's position, too, where it's like your problem is you're too good. In that, you know what I mean? Your problem is you're putting too many pitches in the zone. Right, but he has to. That's the problem. Like he, I've seen too many times when he's tugging his fastball, all of a sudden now he's behind and counts. So mm-hmm. now he needs to get those strikes because they're not chasing out of the zone. That is interesting. It's, it's, a, it's an annoying balance that he's in right now, but I think he can get back there, especially when the splitter, sorry, the split change, I should say, so sure. there's no confusion there. When that returns, I think things will be really good for Maeda. All right. What about Jamison Tyon? He falls 7 to 47. I think you and I both had a very frustrating experience watching him this oh. past weekend. Oh, man. It was I, a maddening start. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. I mean, he had moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I put out that breakdown about him going to a, a curveball, essentially 3 2 after going over 3, trying to execute it in yeah. that bat to Eddie Rosario, and then shaking off all of the signs from Gary Sanchez to say, you know what? I want to throw this curveball. I'm going to execute it. Sanchez says, all right. He pitches it. It's a perfect one. Gets the out. And I was so proud of Tyone in that moment. And then, yeah, then he has that inning. And it's just there's a three-run shot from Reyes. And it's just, oh, you're so close. What I'm seeing right now from Tyone, though, is his fastball is actually really good, I think. It's what is keeping him alive a lot. Mm. The slider and curveball are not quite there. Uh, it doesn't. They don't have the, the, the break that we used to see from them. Uh, and he's not really getting the, the whiffs that we want from, uh, from a slider or curveball. And eventually, I think we can get to that, especially keeping the pitches down. I mean, yeah, a lot of wasted breakers yesterday. Or not yesterday, over the weekend, I should say. So hopefully, hopefully Tyone does get that. I think over time, keep in mind, he's still building up. He's still getting more comfortable. You will start seeing that from Tyone, but it's not there right now. Yeah, I think what was maddening for me was like, you know, one of the things I was ranting and raving about this offseason about Tyone was about his... His fastball doesn't profile to be one that should theoretically have success at the top of the zone. His fastball is, I think, top... 10, definitely top 15 in swinging strike rate right now in all of baseball, which is great. And he's been utilizing it more at the top of the zone. What was maddening for me is in, I think it was the second time through the order when he sees Eddie Rosario, he's got a man on first and second and he's ahead 0-2 and 
for the third time in a row, he goes to that fastball that it, that doesn't get above the zone. You know what I mean? It sits at the top of the zone, which you don't want to be doing on 0-2. Like, and, I, and, like, to echo your point, because you had that great breakdown that you guys should watch where, you know, as Nick just said, he's missing arm side with that curveball a bunch. Hey, man, you're 0-2. Miss with a curveball again. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Get him to chase. Then maybe you can try and find that curveball, and he doesn't. And it's a base knock, and it's an RBI single. And then the exact same thing to Fran Mil Reyes. Fran Mil Reyes has a 60% whiff rate on curveballs below the zone. You have him 0-2. Why are you throwing another elevated fastball? His active spin on his fastball is 81%. You don't want to see that with elevated fastballs. You just don't. It, it, it just essentially means that it's not rising as much as you would want it to, quote-unquote. It's almost staying a little bit too flat. I, I was just so... And I mean, listen, that could be pedantic. Like, that's and that's an easy fix. Throw the curveball more. Maybe he just doesn't have it at this time. But, like, man, that was just so... Yeah. That was such a frustrating watch. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're definitely right about the uh, the approach in that at bat. Mm. Um, I will say, Tyone's four-seamer is performing very well. It, it, it is. And, it and, is, yes. And uh, I, I didn't know the spin efficiency numbers. You know, uh, I, he is getting more right on it than he did before, or rise. Uh so I actually am confident in that area for Tyone. It's just about, okay, we got to get that slider and curveball working right and confident. And in those situations, that's what you go to, and you know you're going to get that whiff. Yeah. He's not quite there yet. I think, like, he had success in, in, in Pittsburgh doing a particular thing, and I just don't know why that would need to change. Like, I, I don't mind, obviously, incru- you know, improving the shape of that four-seamer and using that as a weapon, but it's not like what we saw... I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like what we saw in Pittsburgh. We were like, oh, man, all he needs to do is change a few things, and he's going to be an ace. Like, he, he yeah, had okay, okay. great so, success. So, with Tyone back then, uh, he did change, and it was a slider. Okay. Like he added that slider. That's what got me really excited about Tyone, and it was a better one than we were seeing right now. I mm. uh, and yes, a big curveball too. We got he got strikeouts with that too. Really, really good fastball command and two seamers, which yes. I do think that I would like to see re- make some return. That's all I'm saying. Just because I mean, well, I'm not. You know, he was throwing it like fifty percent of the time, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I want that. I do like this four seamer more, but two seamers are not something that should just be extinct. I I, I believe. Look at. The perfect example is Jack Flaherty in 2019 second half. Mm. His best performing pitch was his sinker, which was thrown about 10% of the time mm. because he would surprise batters with that, jamming them, jamming right-handers. He would get outs with it all the time. And that's that's what you can do. If you have a, if a good enough sinker, you can all of a sudden jam a guy. You can do the the, the comebacker that Cal Hendricks does all the time. You know, there are there's a time and place for a sinker. Uh, and I think Tyon can, you know, if he can get that back, that should help him. Yeah, uh, but I, the, I guess the bottom line here with Tyone is that this is not it. You know, he hasn't pitched for a long time. He's he's learning new things. He's getting more sure. comfortable with it. I think over time we're going to see a better Tyone. And here's the thing: I actually expected to drop Tyone further down. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of surprised he didn't fall it more. And if you look at the pool, it's like it's a mess. Mm. It's there. I, I can see so many arguments for anywhere from like forty-five to about seventy. Yeah. That they should all be around fifty or so, and I, I wrestled with this with the with the Twitch chat today. Twitch.tv slash pitcher list. Come on by. Love it. I uh, but yeah. So I mean, I expressed that inside the notes. Expressed it during the chat. Like I felt like I was gonna throw down Tyon more, but there just wasn't. There weren't so many as like demanding our intention. You yeah. know, he hasn't so. thrown a sink, single sinker this year. Yeah, that's that's the Yankees. Like I know, but like that, like come on, like it wasn't. I understand, like oh, we're all anti, like. 
You can have success with that pitch. All right. Uh, Patrick Corbin, he falls 17 to 66. He's got a 10.47 ERA, an 8.36 FIP, and a 5.43 Sierra. I thought maybe that gem against the Cardinals is him finally turning it around, but then he got hit pretty hard in a subpar performance against the Mets yeah. this week. So, I mean, okay. This is not – you, you guys – I believe everyone listening knows this. The list is not a uh, – I hear that ERA. I had no idea what Corbin's ERA is. Mm. Well, it's three starts. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's that, but it's also, like, that's also what's happened. And I've been saying this a lot. I, I think I've really come to terms with it over the past two years is there's, okay, these are the things that he's done and he's performed a certain way. That doesn't mean he's going to do that moving forward, right? Yeah. Just because he's been bad before doesn't mean he'll be bad in the future. doesn't mean if he was good before, he's going to be good in the future, right? This stuff changes all the time. Mm. So with Corbin, yeah, he is not... Like, if if I knew that this was the Corbin we're getting, not just from a numbers perspective, but actually just a performance, like how he's pitching, no way, I'm out, mm. right? But Corbin's been successful for a long time, and then all of a sudden, he had a weird 2020, actually got kind of better, and then it hasn't been locked in so far this year. That in, like, the 60s that I have for Corbin, right? It's like 62 or something. 66, yeah. 66, okay. It's essentially like, look, look at the guys around here. I think that from June 1st moving forward, Corbin should be a lot better and the ones around him, but short-term versus long-term, make the decision for yourself. Yeah, it is kind of a shame that you have to choose between Patrick Corbin and J.T. Brubaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange that that's it's where different. we are. It's right just, now. you know, J.T. Brubaker did well against the Twins. I'm excited about that, but I don't really know if there's much more than the slider for, for J.T. Brubaker. Oh, you know I'm all about that uh, that Coffee Cakes crew. Yeah, um, Coffee Cakes, right. I got to say that more often. Love it, love it. Coffee <laughs> Cakes, because Brew and Baker Brewing Coffee. There big you go, game, yeah. Big fan. Uh, Shohei Otani falls 12 to number 70. In leagues where he's a two-way player, you're living the dream. Oh, yeah, it of course. It doesn't matter. You know, there was, uh, some people were really happy that I originally have him at 69 as a two-way player and oh. they were they were loving that one yeah yeah, yeah. big yeah, fans. I, I feel very weird even saying that on the podcast okay <laughs> yeah exactly um what are you doing in leagues in which he is just a starter uh so i am holding for now okay i, I will say this about otani i know it's been rough on your whip so far it was a very good year right and strikeouts are there but it's been tough on your whip and oh, yeah. we neglect whip i think a lot when we talk about discussions just about how many earned runs they allow are they give me strikeouts but we forget, like, Jordan Montgomery is actually doing good good things with the whip. Tyone in the bad start had a 1.25 whip. That's okay. Yeah, That's fine. good. That yeah. works. So with Otani, I think over time, as he gets more in rhythm, because keep in mind, through one game and then he didn't pitch for two weeks or whatever, and came back again. Mm-hmm. If we actually see him on a weekly basis pitching, I think he should you know, get smoothed out, right? He should get into some sort of groove with it. I hope so. I, I just don't think we ever will. I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about I don't know. I don't, I'm thinking a lot about Otani just like, it is it is so unfathomably cool that we can say the leader in home runs is pitching tonight. Like that's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's a really really that's awesome. That's like awesome. Yeah. It's awesome for the sport, but it's also scary to say that it, you know his walk rate is almost near his batting average. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got a 28 27% walk rate right now. And uh, there's two ways. One, okay, the blister affected the first performance. Theoretically maybe the blister wasn't fully here, healed for the second, five walks then six walks, but also like I just don't know if this man's ever going to be able to get into a rhythm. Yeah, uh, I that's a very valid point. That's mm-hmm. why he's not top 50. Yeah. I I will say about Otani is we've seen times when he's, I mean, it's like not the, the whole story of Otani hasn't been, oh, terrible command, terrible mm-hmm. command. It's always been like, no, he's actually really good at this stuff. But then now he's kind of been tussling with it for about a year or so. Yeah. And he also hasn't had the, the regular starts, right? Yeah. But I don't know if we could say he's always been good at this stuff because always is what, a 50 inning sample size? Well, before he arrived here, it wasn't oh, okay, like known okay, as, yeah. a, as a walk guy or whatever. And even that, uh, what was it, 2018 mm-hmm. or so, when he had those 10 starts, it wasn't like, oh, no, he's a four walk per nine guy. Sure. 
right? That that's all I'm getting at. Okay. Um, all right, I want to move on to some other notables here that were either brought up in some very intense Reddit comments or, or you know, people comment or Yancey Eaton said something uh, <laughs> inside of uh, Twitter. Uh, so some other notables before we move on to the Biggest Risers, Followers, and New Boys. Um, we're going to start, actually, you know what, before we even get into that, we're going to, uh, we're going to have a quick word uh, from today's podcast sponsor. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Awesome. Great. All right. So let's move to these notables. Uh, we're going to start with Tyler Glasnow. Now, I think there was some some people upset that what Tyler Glasnow uh, uh, fell a little bit. Uh, he fell three spots, uh, almost out of the top 15. Defend yourself, Nick. It's pretty easy. Uh, we were hoping before that the slider would be the solution to all of his problems. That mm-hmm. he would finally have a pitch he can confidently throw in the zone for strikes. And all of a sudden it disappeared. And he didn't do so well. I mean, yes, he still had a ton of strikeouts and everything, but this is what happens when Tyler Glasnow does not have a secondary pitch he can throw for strikes. And that's the problem we had with the curveball before, and now we have it somewhat with the slider. I am more confident that over time, the slider will be more consistent in the zone than the curveball. But the fact that it disappeared, you know, I need I had to bring him down from 11 because he was pitching like one of the best in the majors when he had that slider over the plate, but it's like, all right, it's not there now. So you're showing me that you're not going to be the best pitcher in baseball for the year. We also saw that he was a little bit fallible in terms of home runs. His first home right. run of the year. That's what happens. Second. Yeah. That's exactly. what happens, Larry. That's what happens when you have trouble with the curve. Sponsored oh, no, no, no. Do not watch that movie. <laughs> uh, all right. The next uh, uh, pitcher that people seem to have some issue with, were, uh, we'll, we'll just pair them together uh, in the, uh, we'll call them the Dodger crew, Julio Arias and Dustin May. Someone very upset with you on, on, on Reddit that Dustin May is in the top 50. Um, so defend yourself, Nick. I mean, what was that comment? It was essentially that me putting Dustin May at 40 means that all my other work is just invalid. Invalid. Yeah. Because of that, I don't, I don't understand, guys. Look, he has a curveball now that he can finally get whiffs with. It's amazing. I'm so excited. And the fastball is—he's changed his fastball utilization as well. Do you realize three of his four starts, Dustin May has fanned at least eight batters? It's it's unbelievable. It's it's a heck of a turnaround. This used to be like a sub twenty percent strikeout rate for Dustin May. Yeah, and and the thing is now you have Tony Gonsolin who's still on the IL. I have no idea when he's coming back. Yeah, uh, David Price is now actually on the IL with a hamstring injury, mm. and he wasn't even. You know, in line to start tomorrow, whatever it was, there was no contention, and it's odd. I I, I don't want to wish it into existence or at least breathe it into existence, but Dodgeritis has not existed yet. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. There's no Dodgeritis, and that helps Urias too, not just Dustin May. Yeah, well, the people who would cause that are on the IL. Well, you know right. what I mean? We're not going to see it but for a little I mean, while. We used to see like nine options or so. Yeah, and now there were seven, but now there's just five. So. That's where we're at right now. Obviously, uh, May at some point is going to have to deal with it. Yeah. You know, he's not going to throw 200 innings. Same with Arias. 
still, I mean, they're in such a good situation right now. How can I not rank them that high? They're performing at a very high level. They're both showcasing good ability. That makes me feel confident every single time that I'm going to start them in my leagues. Yeah. That's top 40 to me at this point. I was talking with Michael Hedo and then also Barton Smith earlier about this today, about it seems like all the Dodgers are shifting to this kind of two-seam curve, which is really interesting to see, and it's the, the movement profiles of them are really exciting. It's what Jose Barrios is featuring. It, it's it's kind of weird, but it's pretty—I mean, of yeah. course, they're at the forefront data. And, and uh, Dustin May, last thing I want to say about him, because I was one of the guys who you know was with the choir where it was like, listen, May, Dustin May, he's the number one regression candidate. He's so guys like that are so frustrating because if he would have stayed the same and that's all we can really judge on, then yeah, he theoretically would have been. But he made changes and he looks good. Well, yeah, it was two things. It was one that we expected him to be the last option there. Mm-hmm. And he well, that clearly didn't happen. And yeah, the fact that he found this curveball. I mean, seriously, it's crazy good. Found the curveball too and got away from the sinker. For me at least, it was like if he keeps going to that sinker as often as he did. He's, he's still gonna... he's still using sinkers a good amount. I mean, yeah, he's going to more four seamers here and there, but yeah. re- really the main change is that curveball. And yeah, he actually had five out of fifteen whiffs on that cutter uh against the, the Padres on Sunday night. So it's also funny that, you know, he's just surrounded by some of the best pitchers in baseball that he can talk to about pitching. You know what I mean? What? Uh well, two of them at least in Bueller <laughs> and Kershaw. Um, oh, all right, okay. Yeah, I won't talk about the garbage <laughs> man. Luis Castillo, uh he, so he he only falls two. He's not been great. No. So why is he just falling to? I have more faith in Castillo than I do say Maeda, mm-hmm. that we're going to see a better Castillo the rest of the way. And we've actually seen this before. The reason why we had fireside chats, me and Sporer, was because of Luis Castillo struggling to start 2018. Mm. And then if you guys remember, actually, Luis Castillo was really good in the last like, four months of that season. Had that great 2019, had a solid 2020. Uh, and I, I do wonder, I can't like remove this from my head that maybe Castillo is just not a warm weather, sorry, is not a cold weather guy. That could be it. You know, I mean, it was really cold in that first start. It was like sub 40 or something ridiculous. It's still been, yeah. Uh, and I, I, it was weird to see him not like have his fastball over the weekend and he had to throw more sliders and his change. It was just kind of strange. Mm. And I have to think that the stuff is still there for Castillo. It's not gone. I think he's actually the... The prime buy low guy. We say that a lot, like, oh, yeah, I'd buy this guy lower. I'd sell him mm-hmm. high or something. Castillo actually is at a discounted price. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right, and I think I am in on that. I actually saw in the chat today on Twitch, someone's like, hey, I was thinking about offering Trevor Rogers for Castillo. And in my head, in my brain, I'm like, well, yes. That's like, I do, I'm, I'm ranking Castillo higher than Trevor Rogers. I don't want to do that, though. No, that's a bit it's just too. So, it's just too fun to have Trevor Rogers. You just want to, yeah. like, have, you know, you. It, it's just too much fun. But I would be, I would be certainly chasing him and Zach Plesak are my two by low guys at the moment. I mean, I would even say Maeda too, but I think I think Plesak and Castillo are a little bit more, or a little safer to return the value expected. What about Corey Kluber? Another, you could probably get him for pennies in the dollar. Well, right yeah, now. I was seeing someone say that they would drop him in a fifteen teamer, and like I wouldn't do that in a second. I mean, with, with Corey Kluber, um, it, I was actually talking about this again. You should watch the stream because I go over a lot of these fun things, and I think they're great discussions. And there's a good back and forth. Um, speaking of which, by the way, there's times I change rankings on the list because of discussions I had with people on Twitch. So if you, you know, I'm not like this infallible, uh, authoritative, omnipotent ranker. <laughs> Just, just tell me what you think and let's talk it out. And oftentimes that helps me change what I do. So one discussion was Tyone versus Kluber. Was, okay, what are the benefits of each? And to me, Tyone, I think, has a, a, a better floor with his repertoire when it works. While Kluber, it's interesting, he's showcased good movement on the secondary pitches. Like, when we think of Corey Kluber, we think of that breaker. Mm-hmm. And we think of that cutter. Yeah. Like, those are the two things, not the fastball, right? Yeah. And there have been moments when that's working that's looking real like that's old Kluber 
and other times it's just not quite there, right? And I have to think over time as he constantly keeps pitching again. Because remember, just like Tyone, he hasn't pitched a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, over the past two years, and is notorious for starting slow. That's it. Yeah. I I have to think. Mm, well, I would buy into saying, you know, middle of March or May or maybe even June first onward, Corey Kluber should be a very very beneficial uh, member of your staff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I pointed out all the time that career ERA. It's enough of a sample size to s- it, say that it's there. It's a little different in the sense that uh, he was throwing harder back then. And it's also, I felt like that was more of a fastball thing while he still had breakers. So like he was getting strikeouts, but the array wasn't there. And this is a little bit of a harder, uh, you know, pit to get out of uh, for Corey Kluber. But it's, I think he still can do it. He's going to get there. Even in 2018 with the reduced velocity, it was the same thing. Slow start, better May. Um, Matthew Boyd was the last guy that we wanted to talk about. Very interesting. Is he, is he, a, is he, a, I don't think he has been before because of the strikeout upside. Is he a Toby now? It feels, he's a Vargas rule. He's a Vargas rule. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay, Vargas so, rule being that, you know, ride him until he explodes. Exactly. Yeah. Named after Jason Vargas, and that mm-hmm. was ridiculous whenever that was. 2017 or something like that. That was the craziest first half. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Matthew Boyd, without that slider, without that slider getting whiffs, if it's just fastball changeup dependent, which it kind of is right now. There's no kind of. It is. Uh, well, I mean, he still throws the slider. He just Isn't, gets like two out of 20 this, whiffs or something. Yeah. What's the swing striker in the slider right now? Yeah, it's like 10%. Less. Yeah. It's 8%. So that's what I'm getting at. That's insane. But it's still, he's still throwing it. You know, you're talking about the essential from before, right? It's yeah. Not, so the changeup is really good, though. I'm really excited about it. That's what got us excited last year. We were just expecting the slider to be good, too. Yeah. And they, remember, he even told us that he wasn't throwing the slider as much. Yeah. Because he wanted to work on the other stuff. And it's like along the way, he somehow lost it. I don't know. It just is interesting. Get it back. It's interesting. It's, all, it's also all, and weirdly got the same shape in some ways as the curveball in some ways. It is really interesting. Uh, yeah, well, it's slowing down and like it's harder to discern the curveball and the slider. Uh, anyway, as long as Boyd does not have that slider, I cannot I cannot be faithful that he's going to do well against uh, good offenses. It's just it's really tough. It's interesting. I'm at, I'm at like a, a weird place with him where it seems like, you know, the benefit before was like, yeah, he's going to give up two home runs, but he's going to get you like eight to 10 Ks yeah, each the time. Opposite now. And now it's the exact opposite. And I will say, because <laughs> I've watched, I probably watched more of his starts this year than any other pitcher. His command has been impeccable. I mean, his mm. command has been, and he's getting ahead and he's attacking the zone. And that's a lot of fun to see, but you're right. There is something missing where the slider just isn't quite there. I, and also the last thing too, I'm never watching his starts and thinking like, uh oh, like this is gonna go bad. Sure, like it he, feels like he's laboring or something. Like yeah, that. it doesn't. He, I mean, uh, this last start, I think the first four or five innings were all under fifteen pitches. Like he was just cruising. Sure, like, and he's been doing that a lot. Uh, so he's been more valuable in quality start leagues, which right. has been great. I think he's actually had a quality start in every single start he's made this year. So um, would you call this a Vargas rule? Um, all but one, by the way. His first start was not a quality start. Would I call it a Vargas rule? Uh. Listen, if he's now done this against Minnesota and Houston and Oakland and Kansas City, who has actually been fine offensively, I think there's more there than we think. I don't know if it, a Vargas rule to me is you're dropping him after the first bomb. I don't think I would drop Matthew Boyd after he so inevitably he's, gets he's up. He's a Vargas rule plus then. Sure. Was it, uh, That's that you a get one extra bomb? one. You just get one extra. It's oh, like okay. it's like he's earned an extra, for, yeah. you know forgiving or whatever. I'll call him that. A Vargas a plus. A death defiance if you play Hades. 
Ah, yes, of course. God, that game was so it's good. It's so good. That game was great. It still is good, too. Yes. Now. <laughs> game of the year. Game of the year. Definitely. Hands down. Oh, man. It's like, oh, there was one other point. Oh, yeah. The person that you've watched the most is Matthew Boyd. For me, it's Sandy Alcantara, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm just, oh, I'm in awe. And that last star was so frustrating. I almost I almost pulled down Alcantara underneath Musgrove um, this past week. Like, it's like 21 to 25. That's but, interesting. I'm surprised Musgrove isn't higher than Sandy Alcantara. Well, right. I... The reasoning, though, is it's it's kind of weird. Uh, Alcantara allowed uh, a total of 10 earned runs over three starts where mm-hmm. he was cruising and he just kind of just fell apart. You know, those starts where, like, they pitched so well. Yeah, and then, yeah. then But then he had a start against the Giants where he allowed only two earned runs, but, but way worse. Mm. And uh, his command just wasn't there in that one start. But I really do feel that we're moments away from, like, ace is going to ace Sandy Alcantara. That's so funny because I feel like haven't we then seen that already with Joe Musgrove? Well, Joe Musgrove uh, gave us hints of it, but then he kind of fell back a little bit yesterday. And I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Two worn runs. He got out of that bases loaded jam in the second. He did. He got into a jam in the second. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he got out of it like unlike Sandy Alcantara, who's given up those runs and walked people. Very fair. I I don't think we've seen the best of Sandy Alcantara. Is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I, I I wonder if we've seen the best of Joe Musgrove. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw no hitters. Well, so. what I'm saying is, is in like it's in the past as opposed to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. I want to see more. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let's move on to to biggest risers then, and we can we can burn through these because we got a lot of these names, so we can we got a lot. Of, wow, jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, fast. No, no, no. God, we might go a little bit long on this podcast. It was my okay? own fault for spending 40 minutes on Kevin Gaussman, an article <laughs> that's coming out. Like, just read the article. Uh, uh, biggest risers: Alex Wood rises 14 from 71 to 57. That slider is great. Slider's great, dude. Yeah, it's really good. I was like that whole tier in the fifties. I was uh, I contemplated this. I wrote this inside the notes, but I was like, I want to just take all of you and throw you maybe into the forties. Mm. There was like a, uh, Alex Wood was in there. Danny Duffy is like, what? Oh, we're gonna get to him. What? He's next, actually. Okay, Danny Duffy. Oh yeah, go ahead. We can, <laughs> we can do we can do both of them at the same time. I mean, Alex Wood has a good situation too, as far as starts go right now. It's just like, yeah, just pick up Alex Wood and be happy with that in the short term until he gives you reason not to. His mechanics are so wonky. They always will be. And they, it cracks me. He looks like one of those old time hurlers that like rears. It's just such, and it's also so choppy. But like as you said, one hit to ten k is right. on the slider. You can hear his bones creak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an, it's an intense. Uh, it's intense. But yeah, like you said, the slider is really good. Shows a good ability to put it in the zone. Duffy rises seventeen to. Uh, He's throwing harder, man. Dude, it's the hardest since 2016. And uh, I will say it is coming down slightly. Like, it was 94 and change. Now it's 93 and change. But That's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's totally fine. Uh, and Duffy is crazy. I think he's like a .36 ear or something stupid. It's it, insane. It's really ridiculous. He also, that was enough, he literally was the reason behind my tweet today about top fastball swinging strike rates. He's 12th. He has oh, the 12th man. best fastball swing. Danny Duffy has the 12th best fastball swinging strike rate. You'll love to see it fast. That's insane. He's keeping me alive in guillotine league. No, wonderful. Okay, fair enough. I got him like in the what thirtieth round or something. It was great. Did you really? Oh, I just yeah. got burned by him in my home league, and it's like, ugh. and then I get texts that are like, I don't understand. I just lost to Kevin Gaussman. He's not very good. I just lost to this guy. He's not very good. You know why? Why, why are these guys even good? And it's like, oh god, it's just, like it just shows that wait, they wait, luck into I it ju- off I the just, waiver. I just lost to Kevin Gaussman. He's not even. Good. I know. It's like it, it's uh, you know. I love my friends. Do um, you? <laughs> Yeah, I do. It's it's nice to have that part of the world to keep me grounded. Joking. Uh, Robbie Ray rises eleven from seventy six to sixty five. We talked about it. Nine strikeouts and zero walks, pounding the zone with fastball. Sure, it was three hundred rounds of poor quality start, right? But I'll take this. I just thought it was funny that it was two home runs and no walks, and then the start before was no home runs and six walks. Well, right. I will take this side. This is way better. Yeah, that's fine. 
It's a, it's a, the new Matthew Boyd in many ways. He's just going to get you a bunch of strikeouts and home runs. Yeah. I'm down, and I feel like if he's getting this part down, like he actually didn't have a good slider in that one. Mm. It was, didn't really throw it at all, right? It was, oh, curveballs were the main secondary pitch, and those were better. But the slider was kind of all over the place, and it's like, okay, cool, you got this thing fixed. Good, yeah. let's leave that one, and we can build on this. Who was it this past week? Was it Robbie Ray who just threw so many fastballs? In yeah. the zone, yeah. It was absurd. 72% of the time, he yeah. went to the fastball. And it was like all in the zone. Yeah, that is wild. That is absolutely wild. No, no, no. It's not wild. It's, it's in control. Nailed it. Yep. Um, Adam Wainwright rises 12 from 100 to 88. He's doing great. It's so weird. Cutters and curveballs, baby. Why won't you die? <laughs> uh, remember us like two years ago being like, get out of here, Wainwright. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're taking Jack Flaherty's spot. Yeah, and Alex Reyes. Oh, God. That's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. It's, it is crazy. Like, his curveball is performing so well. It's like yeah. 39% CSW right now or something like that. It's great. That's the pitch he's riding. He keeps coming back for these one-year deals until he gets rid of that curveball. He's oh doing Lord. fine. How old is he? Forty-five. I don't know. I, you know what? Please stay in the league so you can be the one pit, like one person in baseball who is still older than me. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm absolutely. not ready for that day. You know he's Mr. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, he, you think he'll ever... Wayne? Okay, I'm going to move on. I, I stopped myself before I... <laughs> no, you didn't. You I, I had a pause. I thought, like, am I going to continue? I'm like, too late. <laughs> uh, all right, not really not really, not really, a lot of biggest risers. More new guys, so we'll get to them later, but really is that. That's the Those are the only one, two, three, four guys who rose more than 10 spots. A lot of biggest fallers. We'll start with Yusei Kikuchi, who falls 1751 to 68. He gets Boston next, I think? Yeah, it's... Houston, it's a, Houston. It's a case where we want to buy into Kikuchi, but he's just not, uh, he's not getting into the rhythm we want, no. you know? It's like he throws hard, and then it's exciting, and he has a cutter, but then he doesn't get the whiffs this time. It get, it's just, where do we stand, Kikuchi? Yeah, it's bad. And then he, 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 I've seen him, yeah, even like the twin start, I was like, okay, this is kind of exciting. He like made it through by the skin of his teeth, and then Boston, yeah. he just kind of imploded. Now he's going to get Houston, which is going to be healthy again, and I just, you know, Kikuchi, you say yes, I say no. No, good. I can't do it. We're going to have to end this early. I'm so sorry. Uh, Michael Pineda falls 25 from 53 to 78, finally just came back down yeah, to Yeah, it's, it's been an extended Vargas role since last year. That slider was not there. And yeah. if Pineda doesn't have his slider, that's terrible. I don't. Maybe I could pull up my notes from last time, but I think I literally was like, I think, and I'm not saying you disagree, oh, yeah, yeah. but I remember being like, Pineda's going to blow up soon. Well, right. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going until it blows up. And then it did. Yeah. Taiwan Walker falls 20 from 64 to 84. So on the uh, on the Twitch stream, we did uh, go over uh, Taiwan Walker's uh, inning against the Cubs last week. Okay. And I think this is a really important inning to look at just so you can understand like how Taiwan Walker works. If he has a fastball he can throw in the zone confidently, he can be good enough, right? He can be like that Toby. But if he doesn't, there is nothing to turn to. I mean, he had no confidence throwing, like, six spinning random sliders in there. Mm. Maybe that splitter is there. It's just, it's pain. <laughs> and it's not that good of a fastball either. And, like, what got me excited when I led with him was fast walker, right? That uh, that SP roundup because yeah. he was throwing harder. Yeah. It's not really as hard now. It's just, uh, it, uh it's just not for me. He's like a Toby, you know? Yeah. That's it. I hear you on that. Uh, the next biggest follower is Matt Shoemaker falls 11 from 74 to 85. Matt Shoemaker's going to get whiplash because every week he's going up, then he's going down, then he's going up, then he's going down. This past week, it was very much a how am I supposed to feed my family with this as he goes two earned runs, uh, six hits, one walk, and two Ks over five, and a third against the Pirates. Mm-hmm. So, so what made, I mean, that's a pretty precipitous drop for a guy who, you know, did okay. Yeah. I, he does get a really nice schedule now. So why the fall? 11 Because spots. he lost everything he had going for him. So it was a slider and a splitter. Essentially, the two things of Shoemaker. Normally, it's a splitter that he goes on these ridiculous runs with. Yes. 
I, but it was a slider working before, and now that so slider's gone. He had to rely more on splitters, and those splitters weren't good. And it's just, uh-oh, Shoemaker, the cobbler, buddy. You know, you need a little bit more polish. <laughs> he seems to be, like, more the poster boy for, like, splitters and how we feel generally about splitters and losing them yes. and what you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It used to be just two seamers and splitters for Matt Shoemaker back in the day. Yeah. Those were the good old days. Were they? Yeah. yeah. It was fine. It was nice. You had like a good four I remember, weeks. I think it was the beginning of 2019 where his first like three starts were like, okay. What's up? How yeah, but I think it was yeah. they were all against Baltimore or something crazy. <laughs> Seriously. It's almost like early season schedules matter. Uh, no, they don't because the Red Sox uh, were terrible the first four games of the year and then all of a sudden okay. came to all life. Right. By the way, I will say moving forward though, what yeah. really would help is something that tells you what the schedules are. If only we had a staffer. If only we had James Ciano, who mm-hmm. has a fantastic article. Just search for its schedules on the site. You'll see expected schedules week three through five. Every other week is going to be updating this. I reference it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when I do the SP Roundup, I'm looking. If you're considering, hey, that guy just had a good start. Should I pick him up? Just go to the article, see the next three starts he has. It's it's amazing. It's so yeah. unbelievably helpful. Yes. I used it today to talk about another guy we're going to get to in the uh, there new we go. boys. Um, now, the guy we're going to talk about next, though, another we're still only biggest followers here, is Dane Dunning, who falls 15 from 77 to 92. He got, well, I don't know if he got his first real challenge offensively because he had seen Toronto and the Rays, but the White Sox, two and two-thirds, five runs, eight hits, two walks. There really isn't much Ks. there in this repertoire. Mm. It's a slider that has that helped him get near that 25% strikeout rate last year for the White Sox, but Dunning doesn't have a good fastball. It, it, it's just that it's like 91 it, it is there yeah uh he gets the angels and twins next yeah, i'm not tough. in that's tough i mean i will say through his first four starts having a 2.47 fip is pretty exciting and sure. it's, especially with a 327 babbit so there are some inklings that maybe he should be someone that we should be paying attention I think he's a bit a more Toby at best well definitely he's not going to get you a lot of k's i think his highest k performance has been six and that was his first start right so i mean this isn't someone i want to chase in 12 teamers that circle I'm like okay i'm going to roster dane dunning okay because keep in mind when i make the list if for those that aren't aware the list is essentially if i'm drafting today who am i picking yeah and dane dunning is someone that i wouldn't be drafting um, well, what about Dylan Cease, who falls 24 from 72 to 96? I mean, uh, I won't make all the millions of puns we've made before, but essentially Dylan, uh, we were excited that maybe he had turned the corner with a slider down away and, and fastballs up, and then he had a nice opponent against the Rangers and just couldn't do it. And it's like, yeah, okay, we're not going to do this. It's it's the same old thing. Yeah. It's just command. Yeah. it's uh, it, You know, this DC is comical, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes, I could, yes, DC, comical, yeah. yes. I'm See, that's you. a new one. That's yeah, a that's new one. Nice. Didn't go the cease route. No, no, yeah, that's no. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but literally three walks in all of his starts for a 15% walk rate. That's just not going to do it. No. Like, um, it, he's just, and listen, this isn't an indictment of cease. He's still relative, you know, he's 25 years old. Maybe he could turn around, but I, I'm just. Here's the interesting thing is that Michael Kopech is not on this list. Oh, yeah, why not? Because Tony La Russa oh. said that this is not the time. We're not going to be running him out there, you know? And I guess theoretically he was starting because they pushed back Giolito. Lance exactly. Lynn is coming back into the rotation. Right. Yeah. But theoretically, you'd say, like, okay, Rodon's great. Mm-hmm. You got Lynn there. You got Giolito there. You got Keiko there. The weak link, Dylan Cease. Yeah. Doesn't seem like they're getting rid of him, though. No, I think they might want to wean Kopech into it a little bit more. And then Even just though keep... he just won 90 pitches. Kopech yeah. in 10 strikeouts in five innings. Yeah. 87, I'm sorry, 87 pitches. But you know what? I, I bet they would much rather have that in September than they would right now. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, so that's why he's on the list, guys. He, I think Kobeck would be like a late 40s right now. 
Really? I mean, yeah, why not? He's, his fastball's amazing. Yeah, so that's good to know from a dynasty perspective for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, Kopech is... If you remember, actually, my early ranks, I think, for this year were Kopech at, like, 53 or something like was that. Was he that high? I remember yeah. he was in the top 100 for sure. But oh, yeah. I, I know. I was like, hey, he's going to be a starter. Let's go. You yeah. know? And then I think my February rank, I had him in the, like, early 70s. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe he's going to get the start. Maybe not. Yeah. And then, boom, you're and then dying. He's gone. Yeah. He's coming out of the rotate. Yeah, he's coming yeah. out of the, uh, I think there's going to mm, say his long relief or whatever. Yeah. Get MK. Okay. Uh, fine. It's fine. Are you I'm trying to get going. one for each pitcher? Yes. Okay, great. Let's go. Uh, all right. Griffin Canning has not gone more than four, three innings uh, in his back-to-back starts, two and a third in his back-to-back starts now. Six earned runs in the most recent against Houston, two earned runs against Texas. Uh, that had to have been like an injury-shortened one. I I, I wasn't aware of that. That uh, April 20th start, we just went two and a third with two earned runs, no walks, and two Ks. Oh, I don't remember exactly. He what faced nine there. batters, so there's no way that that I was think, not. Are you sure that was a start? Maybe it was a relief. Oh, you're right. It, it was, was in relief. relief because he was going to start the next turn of it. Like the, it was the Angels had not pitched in ages, right, because of the COVID stuff. Uh, and he was the last turn of it, so he was like, "Okay, cool, we'll pitch." Okay, you know, great. In relief. That's fine. You're right. Thank you for pointing that out. Anytime. And he still got the win. That's funny. Uh, ain't fantasy baseball fun, but yeah, then just two and a third against Houston. Man, I just I want Griffin King to be good. I know so it's bad. just not. It's just not. He hasn't shown consistency with his breaking balls either, mm. and that's that's a problem. Yeah, it's supposed to be fastball, slider, curveball. I remember this. I uh, getting really excited about Griffin Canning. I think he showed up in what 2018. And 2019, I'm thinking, like, oh, he has the blueprint of Shane Bieber with a fastball that's pretty good yeah. and two really nice breaking balls. This is it. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong fast. Yeah, well, wrong so far. I mean, yeah. it can still change. You made those tweaks to those curveballs. Yeah, ball, well, curve I'm, not, last year. I'm not in right now, though. Yeah, I don't blame you. What yeah. about Jacob Junis? He falls 14 from 85 to 99. Are you, are you, the first question, are you streaming against Pittsburgh this week? I know, that's a, uh, that's a weird, well, okay, so the, uh, the chart says Pittsburgh, he might not be getting them. Uh, oh, because really? he, well, he went like a different start order, I think. Oh, I I streamed him, so I'm hoping he. Is. Oh, okay. Well, no, because then is he actually getting Pittsburgh? I think. I mean, that's what ESPN says. But okay, what well, ESPN be wrong. says it, then great. Okay, good, good. I'm glad that Junis is good. I I think so. Uh, look, it, it's what I was saying before about can uh, not canning about Junis, where the cutter essentially replaces the old slider, mm-hmm. and the fastball ain't much. So it's it's yeah, that's that's it. It's just that's it. So yeah. if it is Pittsburgh, yes or no, though. I understand that you're streaming him. I would look at other options. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm trying to see because right now Kansas City just wrapped up against Detroit. I think right, or did they start a series against Detroit? I know Spencer Turnbull and Brad Keller. Okay, so it doesn't really matter if he's getting Detroit or Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay, so it would be. Okay, that's one what of I'm those. thinking. Of. I'm thinking of Detroit, but it could be either one. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, all right. And the last faller, I, I believe he, I don't think you changed this. That's David Peterson. He falls 20 from uh, 80 So to here's the thing. Twitch chat will know that, like, I had to, I removed Michael Fulmer last minute because then I got figured out the news that he was splitting with Scooble. Now he's not starting. He's just doing tandem. Maybe Scooble actually replace him, so on and so forth. So both of those guys piggybacking. Like, Is it going to be with, Scooble then Fulmer? So they, it was Fulmer than Scooble. Then now the Tigers like, maybe we're going to maybe flip it next time. And it's just like, well, maybe we're just going to ignore both of you then. Mm. So, Fulmer had to go, which meant Peterson got the last spot. Uh, yeah, I'm not thrilled, though. Ooh, but if F- Michael Fulmer's turning into the kind of new Ryan Yarbrough and that he has an opener. Well, it's, it's I think of it more like Verhagen and Daniel Norris. You remember that? Yes, I remember which that. Which was just pain for everybody. That was three innings, three innings. Yeah. Yep. And that might be what we see with uh, Scooble and Fulmer. Okay, that's good to know. So, Peterson is 100. 
um, to the much of the fanfare of Twitch chat. Apparently. Really? They were that excited? Well, you know, high CSW apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be starting Peterson. There's some promise, yeah. But he's the number 100. He's got that kind of fun sheen to him. Um, sure. Let's move on to the new boys. Ryan Weathers goes from unranked. I was a little shocked. Unranked to 59. Did you see Ryan Weathers? I saw him have three pitches and with an 100% left on base rate and a .97 BABIP. Like, th- that... Three th- pitches. Yeah, he's got he's got three pitches. It's re- it, Well, it's really a fastball and a slider. I don't know what the third one is. Doesn't he also have a, uh, a changeup? Does he? I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, I mean, okay, so I watched, I watched a lot of this. I, I think I've watched all of Ryan Weathers, and the dude is... That fastball is really good. He doesn't command it incredibly well. Like, he nibbles with it. There's a difference between... Like the effectively wild guys that are just erratic. Think of like uh, Freddy Peralta, where mm-hmm. it's general disarray. But with Weathers, he's nibbling it, and the Dodgers just could not figure this out. You know, his fastball comes in hard. Yeah. And then he has a slider that he throws in there well. Like it's not every single time against lefties he like failed to get it right in the right spot. When he did, it works. You know, it, it's Weathers is a very good pitcher, and it does seem like the Do- uh, not the Dodgers, the Padres. With Lamette out, oh, likely. Gonna, yeah. Uh, Morejon already out. Uh, that's a vacated spot. And I could go to Gore eventually, but right now Weathers is, it's his. Didn't, wasn't it Andy Patton who said that Gore might be, like, have a weird case of the yips or something? Yeah, or? There, there's some question about that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there with Gore. But uh, but for now, Weathers, like, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's exciting. I mean, listen, back-to-back starts kind of dismantling the the Dodgers is a pretty, you know, impressive way to start. But I guess, you know, when you see that he hasn't, he's never pitched above high A except for now, just those three, he does have a changeup, just those three pitches, and then all those other stats. I don't know. I, I'm just scared that one day he's, like, Here's he's going to lose Here's it. Here's the thing. He's in the, he's in the 50s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you think about Oscar Enoa right mm-hmm. now, who's in the 40s. Okay. Yeah. Okay, he throws 97 and a really nasty slider, right? Yeah. And we, you know, he was introduced around there or so, and we're like, I don't know, it's it's weird. Yeah, this is the list right now. The list is which guys are going to be possibly like, hey, show me another start where you're doing the same thing again and having success. And that's what Weathers could be. Yeah, that, uh, man, the back end of the 50s into the 70s really it, is just, just kind of like diarrhea town. Yeah, really well, okay, is. all right, don't need to give that image. Diarrhea town? Yeah, don't do that. Well, it is. Looks like an exploded diaper. No, it doesn't. I mean, look at these guys. Why? <laughs> it's crazy back Fast. here. It's been almost five years. Our anniversary is in two months. Yeah, and what does that have to do with diarrhea town? You should know by now. <laughs> diarrhea is a PG term. All right. Um, it's not about the... Mm. What's it about? <laughs> Seriously. I, I just I don't want that image. Fine. The back of it's this list looks like a melted baby Ruth. Oh, my God. Uh, Christian Javier goes from unranked to 60. Back-to-back no-one-run games against Oakland and Houston. 23% swing strike rate in the slider. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did you say things? I, I was I was lost. I was talking about, that. You're still thinking about that diarrhea town? Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Christian Javier. Back-to-back games oh, yeah. of success. Great no, the, slider. Oh, the slider. Look, he all of a sudden is throwing it with whiffs. What's this, What's the WRC plus on his slider right now? I would say negative 10. Negative 42. <laughs> It's right, unbelievable. So he, okay, do you remember the gift breakdown I I made in 2020 of Christian Javier? Yeah, yeah. Do you actually? Like, yeah. Oh, oh my god, I'm impressed. Okay, so I I remember being blown away by two things. One, the fact that the Dodgers could not handle his four seamer. Yeah. He was throwing it up with a unbelievable success, but also he had this really nice breaker that he was just using for called strikes, and it wasn't really. I was like, man, this thing moves a lot. Like this should get whiffs, and it never did. Mm. 
All of a sudden, now he's getting whiffs with this, and it was a, a 21 whiff start. That's unreal. I mean, what? Yeah. Like, this is, I, I was really tempted to throw him into, like, the 40s, you know, with that. Like, that was out of the blue. I did not think that was going to happen from Christian Javier. And look at that. So, hey, I'm in. He's, I wonder how available he is in leagues, too. It feels like a lot of people aren't really talking about Christian Javier right now. He had a lot of hype in the preseason. That yeah, I was that out for on sure. Because yeah, I didn't expect the, the, the slider to all of a sudden become this. Because I was like, oh, well, he's not doing that then. Like, and we were worried about stamina through the order. Well, and, right. And I think that it still is an issue a little bit with his four-seamer. Okay. But still, if he has that slider working like that, what do everyone call it? It's like a slurve, breaking ball, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, oh, it's good. Um. The next guy, I don't. I think we. I don't know what we can call him. Maybe just the mayor of Diarrhea Town. Oh uh, my god! Which is the name of this podcast? No, uh, it's not. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner goes from unranked to seventy-four. Why is he the mayor of it? Look, he just I, a no hitter. Uh, well, so that's what I wanted to ask you. Is it a no hitter? Yes, deal? it's a complete game. I don't think it should count. As it's a, no a complete game. It's but if it was two more, so anyone have a no hitter through five, <laughs> it gets rained out. All of a sudden, this is a no hitter. Yes. Ah, you're crazy. That's that's the rule. It's a complete game. It's, it's the entire game. You threw no hits in the complete game. <laughs> I hear you. I just don't think. But and I, like, I, I don't like. I also don't like the idea that MLB is like, hey, here's a really cool thing. Ah, we're gonna not let people celebrate about our sport. Say, well, it's like, no, say it's a no hitter. To be fair, MLB actually, they're the one who's talking to the Elias. Right. You know, being like, hey, you should recognize it. We think it's a. We think it's a complete game. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, just, just come on, come on. I don't think it's a complete game. Um, he seems back on That's track. What they, okay, wait, 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 hold on. We've been calling those complete games for a while now. What? Seven inning games. You have? No, 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 no. Last year we did. Huh? That was a complete game. What if it's you? a seven inning game, it's a complete game. If you're, if you, yeah, it's a seven inning doubleheader yeah. was a complete game last year. Okay. Right? I, I don't know if I called it that, but okay. No, 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 but that's what, like, what it was called. You, get, yeah, a, you sure. get a complete game for it, right? Yes, yes. So okay. that conversation was already over. Uh-huh. So now he threw no hits during it. <laughs> That's a no hitter then. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> anyway, Bumgarner's throwing 91. He's so, he is And so he's got a really nice schedule now with Rocky Road. Oh, yeah. And two against the Marlins. Exactly. That so, was where I was going to bring up the James Shiano piece because that's where I saw it. Oh, yeah. It there today. you go. Yeah. With then theoretically Washington is, after that. It, it's just it's just pure value, guys. Yeah. No, it's nice. He, he, he is a really interesting choice that you could probably, I don't know if I necessarily believe it in over the full course of the year, but with those next couple starts, I'm really interested in having him on my team to see if it is true. Mm. I could do that. There you go. I could really do that. Uh, Albert Auzelé, he's back. He goes to number 76. He's back, baby. He's back, baby. <laughs> Why is. is he? Command, uh, strikeout I mean, potential. That game against the Brewers. He's had three against Freddie Peralta so far. Is that really every matchup has been against Freddie Peralta? I, I think so. That's funny. Isn't that amazing? The Brewers, man, they are struggling offensively. Oh, my Lord. Poor Yelich. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, him on my team. Yeah, I do. It's too. not great. Um, <laughs> John Gray makes his coveted return I to know. the list. He gets at Arizona next. And That's he's it? pitching well. Okay. Usually it's that He's pitching first. well. So there was a... Uh, he was supposed to get three away starts in a row, but mm. I think they messed up. They like changed up the order of the of the rotation. Now he only gets one, and like oh, that's annoying. Yeah, that's tough. But uh, but still, John Gray is doing the best John Gray he can. Yeah, and now he goes to Arizona. And what about Debbie Garcia? Goes from unranked to eighty. We don't know what we're gonna get from Debbie Garcia today. It could be going on right now, fast. Yeah, it could be. And we don't. <laughs> I don't know how long he's gonna go. I heard that he was throwing a new slider. That's uh, what Meredith said during the uh, the Tyone broadcast. Okay. I uh, so I hope it's good. Is he going to go five innings? Is he going to perform well? I mean, it's your Orioles, so it's a good chance for it. But I can't really tell you what he's going to do on the list until that happens. Yeah, it's funny. The past two years, I've been like, "Hey guys, listen, 
The Orioles suck. They're really bad. <laughs> and it's just because they can't hit, but they actually don't swing and miss a lot. They, they were not top 10 in K rate. I don't think they were not top 10 in swing strike rate. This year, they are. They and are. that's without Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. They are definitely, they are either, I think they're second and fourth respectively in swing strike rate and oh, K that's, rate. that's so, not good. Yeah, uh, that's I not will say good. this about Davey, is there is a question like, hey, is he going to stick in the rotation? I would say if he does well, yeah. and Herman doesn't really do great uh, later in this week, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't could, be surprised. He could take Herman's spot. I would not be surprised to see that. Uh, next up is Quang Yun Kim, who goes from unranked to 87, eight Ks. Yeah, what? In his last game with uh, uh, really nine good. slider whiffs and 15 total whiffs. Career highs, both of those, eight Ks and 15 whiffs. Really good command around the zone with the fastball. Yeah, also, once again, my biggest caveat, it was the Orioles. That's why I knew about the swing and start. And the start, I think the start before that, maybe, no. You must was, have prepared for a first pitch podcast. I certainly did. <laughs> I certainly did. Because I watched that and I was like, I am not buying this. Like, mm. if I, I, I've... Another person that <laughs> I didn't research him too much, but like, this was a guy that like, he was he was a ratio dude. And if you want to stream him because he's a, he's a good ratio player, I still think he can sort of be that, but Mm. I would be surprised if we saw 8Ks from Quang Young Kim again this yeah, year. Yeah, I would too. But, I mean, he, last year he was a guy vying for Spider-Man over his four starts, sub-2 year, Ray. King of the Tobies. Right. So, hopefully, Quang Young Kim can be that, and that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, the next guy on the list is Spencer Turnbull, who goes from unranked to 89. He had an okay start today against the Royals, going uh, six innings, three earned runs, five hits, no walks, and five Ks over just 81 pitches, taking it a little bit easy with Spencer Turnbull. Hey, that's a streaming victory for me. Yeah. 13 and nine. Let's go. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, I got I got back up there. You know, it's always it's always bad the first week or two because we're just figuring it out. You know, yeah. guys go shorter games, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, now we're now we're cruising. That's not a bad whip, too. No walks, five hits over six. You yeah. get the quality start. You get the poor quality start, right? PQS. Yep. But uh, but with Turnbull, I, I'll obviously have to look at this one. This was the list was made before the start, but with the first one we saw this year, uh, the slider was getting a ton of strikeouts inside to lefties, mm. and that's what is exciting about Turnbull when that slider is working. And he's able to get that down and in a whiff. Anytime you see that at all from anyone. Uh, down and in sliders to either righty or lefty, opposite-handed. It's really good. Uh, what am I looking at here, fast? That's Turnbull's uh, case on plot for today. Okay, he's on the left here. Mm-hmm. This is him. So, yeah, some elevated four-seamer sliders down and away. It looks like a little bit of a hodgepodge there. Yeah, it looks okay. Uh, not great sinker location, but I uh, stopped on that sinker, please. Thank you very much, Spencer Turnbull. He did actually throw it less in that first start, but it looks like he threw it more in this one, which isn't great. Uh, but look, for Spencer Turnbull, I don't think he's about to turn a corner we've been kind of waiting for him to for a bit but when that would happen it would be the Bieber or canning approach of four seamers with sinkers sorry with sliders and curveballs mm -hmm. and I think he's too far away at the moment that is he's embracing the sinker too much and we're not seeing two breakers that are working it's normally just one yeah, uh, I would like to, to to move on to whoever the next person is, but I've lost my notes, so we're going to end the podcast. Oh, no. Uh, no, it's okay. I, I pulled them back up here again. There's a few more that we wanted to get to. The next person was actually Drew Smiley, who's returned. He's gone to 90. That seems like a little bit lower than when you had him before when he was on the list, right? Well, yeah. Uh, Smiley before was around the 70s, maybe 60s, something like that. Essentially, that was right with the beginning of the year. So we were still off the high that was the end of 2020 with, with uh, you Drew, Drew Smiley. Okay. All right. Fast. I was off the Smiley train. He was frowning was over just here. Frowning. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with Smiley, I mean, he got hurt. Uh, so then he went on the IL. I didn't think it was a still ill because it was Arizona. It was a short stint, but he wasn't himself in that one. And I look, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to say that Smiley's completely done now. No, he actually got a lot of whiffs in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't imagine a scenario where he does get into rhythm now moving forward. So he's back on the list. I think he's someone to consider. Wasn't it a forearm injury to him? I don't know if it was that, maybe elbow, but uh, it wasn't great. It was but he arm. returned after one week, though. Okay. Uh, Domingo Herman goes from unranked to 91. Yeah, his fastball wasn't good in that start. It was really, it was like 90-91. Not good command for Domingo Herman. Curveball was good enough, but it, it's just not the overpowering stuff that we want to see. It's almost like we should never trust spring training starts. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he it, it truly is a tale of two well, pitchers. This was a guy who was looking really good in spring training. Well, then you would have missed out on Carlos Rodon and yeah. Trevor Rogers. Yeah, but then there and are Freddy plenty Peralta. of counter examples. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, so there's, there's sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. There is some value to it, but yeah, there are other times when it's just not so good. Left forearm inflation. Yeah. It was forearm. Okay, for nice. Smiling. Yeah. Well, not nice, but nice job that you got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I remember all the pain. Um, <laughs> Jay App is the last person we're going to talk about who goes from unranked to 93, taking that no hitter. I mean, yeah, that's it. Into like, the seventh. And as I mentioned before, the Twins have a very good schedule ahead. The thing is that. Hab has had a really nice schedule the entire year and has not capitalized on it. So mm-hmm. don't just take for granted that oh Hab against the you know against the Pirates or whatever, uh, he hasn't done great the entire way through. So just uh you know it, it should be okay, but it's not something that I need to must add. He hasn't done great, but in terms of the case, he does have like a one three ERA. Yeah, yeah but like how many innings? Run. Oh yeah, in those starts. Uh, you're right. The most recent one was the only one where he went over five. Yeah, four and then four and two thirds and then now seven. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that is the problem. Uh, but listen, Nick. Man, that was a lot of pitchers. A lot of pitchers. Well, that was great. Shocking. That was a fun talk. That was just all <laughs> over the place. We know what the name of the episode is. No, uh, we don't. So that's no, great. we don't. Uh, all right. got to figure that out later. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for episode number 256 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.